Now back to the Tribune's Rick Pearson. It's the Sunday Spin on 720 WGN. Good Sunday evening. Welcome to the second hour of your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune here in the WGN Skyline studio. And joining me on the phone is Tom Weitzel. He's the police chief of Riverside. And uh, Tom has been a, a, I don't know, frequent guest, occasional guest on the show. But Tom, uh, chief, it's good to good to have you on the air. So good evening, Rick, and thank you for having me. Well, there are a, a variety of issues, and people are asking me questions all the time about, you know, where where does law enforcement fit in when we're talking about these issues of uh, the executive orders that the governor has issued, and the governor has said that it's up to the local governments to uh, act to enforce these kinds of things. And, I mean, truly, right off the top, I had somebody asking me the other day that now that we have the uh, order in effect that people should wear uh, a face mask in situations where they can't avoid social distancing, the six the six foot rule, uh, who's going to enforce that? Well, you know, you're absolutely right. The governor's executive order is that He's leaving the enforcement up to local law enforcement. And, you know, we have daily conference calls with the state um, police director. Him and his staff give the local police chiefs and command staffs uh, guidance. And I do mean guidance. They're not giving us directives or orders. They're giving us guidance on what to do in those situations. And most of those situations are just ask for compliance or if there's something that rises where somebody doesn't comply or we get continued complaints that we would cite them under a village ordinance, a criminal arrest in these situations should be very rare. And I think no one wants to see it that way. And I would imagine that just that effort of asking for compliance is, is really, you know, enough in most cases. But then, you know, when you see, these stories and and they're stories from not just chicago but stories from throughout the state about people throwing house parties uh, it it seems to me that you know some people just feel that they can get away with this yeah those house parties can be um a, a bit of a problem the way we've been handling those and the way the guidance has come down from you know, different police organizations is that you know most for example, if that was to happen in my community, we would disperse the party. Um, but, you know, it's difficult. The officers have to show up. They have to put on their own protective equipment. They would have to go into a home or condominium apartment, disperse that. And we would probably cite the owner of that property or the renter. And, and that is even a situation that could be handled the following day. The main objective would be to ask them to disperse. Most of the time they would. And if they didn't, we would just assist them in dispersing. To be able to make wide-ranging arrests in that situation is not the proper way to go because, quite frankly, Rick, they're not keeping them in jail anyway. So when we're arresting these individuals, you're immediately bonding them out. The court systems are closed. The bond court wouldn't take them. They would probably give them a recognizance bond immediately. So it would be this big circle that went around, and I'm not sure much would be accomplished with that. What needs to be accomplished is we disperse it, and then we would hold, hold the person responsible that owns the property or rent the property. You you touched on, on on you know having to put on uh, protective wear. Uh, how 
what is the situation with local police departments and that personal protective equipment? Well, it's gotten better lately. It certainly was not. We didn't have a lot of uh, protective equipment early on, and most, at least for law enforcement, most of it consists of an N95 mask, some type of eyewear, and gloves. And it. And sometimes we also have the face shield and a full gown, depending on what the situation is. But always, every time those officers get out of their car and have dealing with somebody, they're putting on their mask and they're putting on their gloves and some type of eyewear. And we don't have an endless supply. Now, why the supplies have increased as of lately from the county, who's probably getting it from Washington, D.C., it's not like we can use it and then keep putting new ones on every single day for officers that have 15, 20 contacts with people. We just don't have that type of supply. But you said it's gotten better. It has. We just, we, now, for my, my own example, we just took a shipment from the Cook County um, Homeland Security recently. So it has, it has recently, it has increased. Initially, as you can understand, probably most of it was going towards uh, healthcare professionals, and then even paramedics and firefighters are probably going in homes before the police did on some situations. But it has, we have definitely seen an uptick in the uh, personal protective equipment as of late. How much of what's going on in the law enforcement, enforcement community about making stops or uh, those kinds of things is, uh, is, is a balance about do I, do I want to go into a situation where I might get infected yeah there is a so in, in my community in most communities there we're, we're either returning phone calls to complainants that want to file police reports or criminal activity or or if it's in progress we have to respond to their home or their business sometimes we're asking them to step out of their business if they can and if they can't we have the officers have to put on their protective equipment and they need to go in and handle the situation but it is you know law enforcement is the type of of profession that we can't totally avoid contact with people. Even though we've instructed our officers to, when available, to call victims um, back, especially on property crimes that they want to report a bicycle stolen or their house burglarized, if it's delayed, or ask our dispatch center, will ask the individuals to meet the officers out on the sidewalk so that the officers can maintain six feet distance uh, when they take the report. That always doesn't happen. There are situations where they have to go in the home for domestic disturbances, other disturbances of medical calls. So it's not like we can just say we cannot have contact with you. That's impossible in our profession. It's not just file a form, that's for sure. Tom, no. We're speaking with Tom Weitzel. He's the police chief of Rearside. We're going to continue our conversation, but first it's time for a break. You're listening to The Sunday Spin on WGN. Six sixteen on this Sunday evening. I'm Rick Pearson, the Chicago Tribune, here in the WGN Skyline Studio as the Sunday Spin continues, and we continue our conversation with Tom Weitzel, the Police Chief of Riverside. And I, I know Tom, you you issued a, a a news release about this, and and uh, about a week ago or so about uh, speeding. And I have to tell you, I'm not out on the roads that much, okay? Uh, but when I am, it's amazing. I mean, it is utterly amazing how people just see, they think the roadway is just clear and are just zooming. And yeah. 
You're absolutely correct. And, and, you know, that's no secret. It doesn't take a trained professional law enforcement officer to realize that. What, what's happened is that there are some individuals that are taking advantage of the fact that police are making less traffic stops. That would mean we're in this predicament where we're telling our officers to have less contact with the public for this short period of time, hopefully, and that they should be, in most cases, stopping individuals that are reckless. So they still are doing traffic stops, but they're not doing the normal routine, quote-unquote routine type of uh, speed enforcement. We're probably stopping the DUI offenders. We're stopping the reckless drivers. But there is absolutely an increase in speeding and reckless driving, and there's less traffic on the roadway, so people at times have it wide open, and it's really been difficult, and there's been some pretty serious crashes as a result of that. Well, I think back to a few weeks ago about the the crash on the, uh, I think it was the Kennedy-Edens round there with the the multiple uh, vehicles that were involved, and as soon as I heard about it, I knew exactly what had happened because people were just driving like, uh, there's no tomorrow. Yeah, and, and it, it, it's definite. I mean, we're, we are receiving complaints of increased speeding and reckless driving. Now, the officers still are making traffic stops when they see reckless conduct or reckless driving or impaired driving, but they have, in most cases, most of the law enforcement agencies has just said, during this short period of time, we're, we want to have less contact right, that's that, with the that's, motoring public. That's that balance I was talking about of, yeah. of that, that, that we're, we're kind of in. But, you know, at the same time, you know, when you look at people wanting to go out for a walk or the weather's changing, you know, people are out on their bikes or whatever. There's, you know, people are starting to come outside uh, and, and, you know, people don't always follow the crosswalk. Um, yeah, that, that, that's something that's really been a really noticeable. There are way more many people out walking, biking, walking their dogs. And if you've noticed something I haven't noticed in a long time is people are trying to avoid each other on the sidewalk. So they're switching. They're crossing at mid-block. They're crossing the, to do the right thing, to stay six feet away, social distance. And, with, and when you're driving, you know, all of a sudden these people are trying to do, residents are trying to do what they're supposed to do. And then the speed and the reckless driving, it's, it could be a, a real problem. So I would agree with you totally. There's, pedestrian traffic has definitely increased. And that's something to keep in mind. I mean, everybody should keep that in mind if they're if they're getting behind the wheel. Just just keep that in mind. There's people outside, and uh, they're outside in numbers that we probably haven't seen in quite some time. So please keep that in Absolutely. mind. Absolutely. Uh, going back to when we talked about enforcement and, and of of you know these these more uh, I, I don't want to say the house parties, but 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 things like. Uh, people gathering in parks and those kinds of things. And I understand you're basically using uh, community service officers now to, to patrol parks. Yeah, so we're, we've reassigned our community service officers to different shifts just to patrol the parks in, a in addition to the officers, and that's to enforce the social distancing by compliance. And, you know, the parks are open. The playgrounds are shut. The athletic fields are shut. If somebody wants to jog through the park or somebody wants to walk their dog through the park, that's fine, especially if they're social distancing and have their mask on. That's absolutely fine. But we're just we're just making sure that they don't 
have their kids on the playground equipment and they're not playing basketball or they're not doing some organized events. Because one of the issues with that is, you know, if some people see that people can play tennis or they can play basketball, then another group comes and another group comes and it gets to be a very large gathering besides, you know, something that was small. And they're, they're not, it's not like they're intending to do that, but people see other people doing it and they say, oh, you know, they're, they're playing football. Why don't we go also play soccer here in the same field? And then it becomes crowded and that's where the issues come to. Well, and especially, you know, as we saw this weekend and, and with the weather starting to turn into spring and, and getting warmer and that natural desire of wanting to be out and given the, you know, limited number of places that people can go, they turn to parks and, and those kinds of things. And Yeah, and, I, and I, I encourage people to get out and take their dogs for a walk and walk, you know, because, you know... You, Tensions can rise when people are in the home and locked in their homes and apartments for a long period of time. It's good to get some fresh air and go out. Just, just, don't, just please do the social distancing and wear a mask when it's appropriate, and um, I think that'll be you'll be okay. I want to ask you about uh, a letter that you wrote to uh, the Cook County commissioners about. Uh, and this was on behalf of yourself as well as uh, the uh, fire emergency chief, uh, Buckley, Matthew Buckley in Riverside, uh, about the issue of the HIPAA requirements. Uh, these are the, quote, privacy requirements and the need for uh, law enforcement, as you put it, and, and the fire department to know if they're going to a call, is that person uh, – uh, contagious, infected with uh, COVID-19. And so far, the county health department, is, as I understand it, has rejected those calls. Um, they have. What, and, what, you know, that's really concerning. And it's extremely disappointing because myself and the fire chief in Riverside, Matthew Buckley, along with even our village president, was recently um, very supportive of the initiative the, the attorney general in Illinois, the, what's widely considered the top law enforcement officer in the state, wrote a legal opinion that under these circumstances, one time, that there is a provision in the HIPAA requirement that would allow police just to get the address of a person home recovering from COVID-19, and we would know going there no no demographic information, no those particulars, and then when he seems to have been recovered him or her, we would take that out of our system. We're not we're not holding it. And we thought that, that the county would uh comply once the attorney general issued an opinion saying yes, it's not only is it legal, there's an actual provision and the Cook County Department of Public Health said no. And recently they were sued by Northwest Central Dispatch Consolidated Dispatch Center, and the judge did not side with the dispatch center. The judge sided with the HIPAA requirement, even though the attorney general said it's legal. Is that being appealed? I don't think they've made a decision. It was just the decision just came out like Thursday or Friday last week that uh, that, that was denied the uh, 
for the dispatch center. And I really, I can't understand that because we don't have enough. Their position was, well, the police and fire personnel should always treat every individual you come in contact with as having coronavirus. And we do. But if we had, we can't do, we don't have enough equipment to do that every single time with every single person. we, We would run out of equipment. It, it, and I'm talking personal protective equipment. It's impossible. So, In, no, no, Chief. So you're you're asking for addresses, not the names of individuals. Absolutely. And from from day one, we never asked for anything but the addresses. We never asked for any personal information whatsoever. Because I mean, obviously, that's where. That's where we get into this situation about right of privacy and, and those kinds of concerns. But you just absolutely, and you know, and the fire, the police chiefs and fire chiefs were united. We absolutely understand the HIPAA provision. We comply with it every single day on a normal basis. We were only asking in this case for addresses for this limited period of time. That's all. One other thing I wanted to ask you about too was that. Uh, you have become part of a mutual aid agreement with North Riverside, McCook, and Brookfield about uh, basically establishing that as kind of a, a multi-policing zone if, if, if mutual aid was triggered over concerns about the officers who may uh, become infected and have to go off the job. Um, I'm wondering... Uh, has has this mutual aid uh, pact been invoked, and uh, what is the situation on the ground as far as law enforcement officers in that uh, area uh, as far as COVID-19? So currently, um, it has not been enacted. It was a group of chiefs that are all these municipalities that got together are in our consolidated dispatch center. We decided that what would we do if we lost a great percentage of our officers to COVID-19 because we're all small suburban police communities. So outside of just helping each other out, we wanted a formal agreement that we could handle calls in each other's municipalities totally. So we could be dispatched, for example, Riverside could be dispatched to Brookfield or North Riverside or McCook, and we could handle their calls for them from start to finish, no matter what that is. And you wouldn't have to burden the community that had several officers out because of the COVID-19. So um, our, our city managers and village managers and our elected officials supported it. And we recently got it signed. It has not been used. It's kind of a last worst case scenario, but we wanted this piece of uh, this document so that our residents and all the community know if you need the police, we're coming. Even if we're devastated, if we're devastated by the coronavirus, our neighboring police agencies will pick up our calls for service and you will get police service in their communities so a bit of foresight here just in case yes it is it is literally a worst case scenario but we we wanted to make sure that you know our residents knew that all the residents in all the communities of riverside brookfield Riverside, McCook, they know that if they call 911 you will get a police response that's police chief tom weitzel of riverside chief is always a great conversation thank you for joining me thank you you have a great night thank you very much